You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios in downtown Startwell. Farm Bureau go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Midweek show, State coming off a big 16-2 win over Arkansas State on Wednesday in, or Tuesday in baseball and getting ready for the three-game series with the Vanderbilt Commodores this weekend. Well, Charlie, looking back at Tuesday night, felt good. Got back in a win column. Tough weekend this past weekend at Kentucky, and I thought we swung it well and threw a lot of strikes on Tuesday night. Well, I noticed you choose to look back till Tuesday <laughs> and not to look back, say, to the weekend because we haven't gotten together since that ball game on Sunday. And I said on Sunday morning on our Sunday coffee episode that I thought it was the most important game three that we had played since game three against Vanderbilt in Omaha, that I thought it was that pivotal. In reflection, <laughs> what I meant to say was, now this weekend, it's this weekend that I really thought was the most important. No, but this weekend is important, right? It It is now uh, beyond important. And we throw around terms like must win and things like that. It's now critical in my view, that Mississippi State pick up a couple of wins. I'm not saying you got to sweep because you're very, very unlikely to sweep Vanderbilt. It's a good baseball team. It's a proud baseball program. But one one out of three don't get it done this weekend. Yeah, and um, I actually went back and listened to the Sunday Coffee Show, and uh, we talked about it being a must-win. And well, really, you know, Probably what is must win as we thought. That's what it is, Charlie. Uh, We're not ready, to, not ready to throw in the towel yet. We got 27 games left, but you've got a big home stand. You got a big, big home stand. Better make some hay while you're at home because look, you got to. St- I get it. You beat up on Arkansas State, and there's a lot to feel good about. We shook up the lineup. You saw Dakota Jordan back in the lineup. You saw Aaron Downs get a chance. Feel like maybe he's healthy and is going to start to get to swing the bat a little bit more. So we saw some things. We saw a lot of guys get some time. We saw Bradley Lofton continue to compete. And what did you see about him, too? Kept his walks down. Really, if you look at it, I would argue that's the only thing keeping Bradley Lofton out of the weekend rotation right now is that walk number. And early in games. He had the walk numbers that were high down in Biloxi against Nichols. He had a couple walks early in the game on Tuesday against Arkansas State, but really settled in. I thought he really pitched well. He doesn't sh- get hit much. No, he doesn't. He's got really good stuff. The changeup is a game changer for him. He's it's got phenomenal. A, it's a really good pitch. You mentioned shaking up the lineup a little bit. You saw Mershon going back in at third base. You saw Dakota Jordan coming back into the lineup in left field. High Zach is getting some at-bats now. Aaron Downs drawing the start. And so we talked also in that uh, Sunday coffee about is it time to start pressing some buttons making letting some other guys kind of get in the mix. 
And I think you kind of saw that as well in that last game. I think you did, and I think you're to the point now where if your team isn't performing, the guys who haven't had the chance need a turn. And so I thought we started to see that. This weekend coming up, you're going to face a team who played better in the opening weekend of SEC play than I thought they were. And what I mean by that is if you look at the overall numbers as we come into this weekend, Vanderbilt last in the league in batting average, next to last in slugging, last in on-base percentage, last in runs scored, hits, and RBIs, next to last in walks and total bases. Offensively, Vanderbilt hasn't been very good. They've pitched it well. But if you were only to look at what happened last weekend, you wouldn't have known that because Vanderbilt roughed up Ole Miss. They did to Ole Miss what Kentucky did to us. Oh, Ole Miss only had four RBIs all weekend. They only scored four runs all weekend. And so Vandy on the weekend, they've had some midweek losses, and they've had some tough losses in the, early in the season, but they're 9-1 in their last 10 games. Hey, we, we talk each week about our friends at Heartland Catfish. Heartland producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can possibly find anywhere. And they service great restaurants around the south, and one of those restaurants is Country and Western Steakhouse. It's in Camden, Tennessee. It's just west of Nashville. Camden, of course, on Highway 70. But they got the great steakhouse in Camden at Country and Western, but they also have the great catfish as well. It's one of those places you can get just about anything, seafood, chicken, but they have that great blackened catfish. They got the fried catfish that's a staple there, but the blackened catfish as well. And our good friends at Heartland Catfish supplying that good catfish at Country and Western in Camden, Tennessee. Well, when we come back, we'll talk to former Bulldog Jay Powell on the other side of the break. You're listening to Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. Now, welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're going to talk with Mississippi State, former Mississippi State pitcher Jay Powell. And before we do that, I'd like to remind you that this conversation brought to you by our friends at Tracks Plus. We'll have our Tracks Plus deep dig on Friday. Tracks Plus now with five locations. You've got the Saney Excavators and Mini Excavators, the Barco Equipment for the Forester, Rockback Trucks. Man, just if you need to move a bunch of dirt. Whatever you need in the dirt construction world or the forestry world, go to tracksplus.com. They have the five locations now, Hickory, Startwell, Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria, Louisiana, and Bessemer, Alabama. And this conversation with our friend Jay Powell brought to you by our friends at Tracks Plus. So let's talk to former Bulldog Jay Powell. Sometimes he's on the radio with Jim Ellis. Sometimes we get Coach Polk. Jay, we, we've missed you over the last couple of weeks. Well, I know I've been kind of in and out, and I'm trying to do as many as I can, but y'all are uh, y'all are always in good hands. you got Coach Polk up there. We... Now, the only good thing about you being gone, Jay, is it keeps Coach Polk out of our way. <laughs> <laughs> keeps him from coming in the uh, TV and saying what's going on. Yeah, he likes to stand right between us and uh, tell right. us what we're getting wrong. Well, we, we we trade Coach Polk forever. We get Everett when when uh, a lot of times standing between us and what we're doing wrong. So well, you know, I don't, what? I don't know which is better. Yeah, we'll take Coach Polk. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
Hey, Jay, before we start talking about this team, we need to get together sometime and just have a roundtable and talk about Jim Leland and Buck Showalter, some of the guys that you played for. When you start thinking about Coach Polk, and you know he was he's known as a player's coach, look back at your pro career and guys you played for. Was there anybody that was a manager that was close to the way that he handled and managed the game? Uh, I really honestly, and I was only there for a little bit of time, but, um, Bobby Cox, I thought was a lot like Coach Polk. I really did. Um, he was just, you know, he expected you to take care of your business. Um, he expected you to, you know, go about it in a professional way. Um, and I thought they had a lot in common. Um, and, and Jim Leland was like that too. And Jim, I, I, I he was probably my favorite out of all of them. Um, he was, he was outstanding, but yeah. You know, honestly, I always, always thought Bobby and Coach Polk kind of weren't the same sometimes. Jay, you played a number of years in the major leagues, obviously winning the World Series. But throughout the course of a career, you have your ups, you have your downs individually, and you're on teams that have their ups and downs. You've seen that even as a coach uh, after your playing career. What do you do with a team right now like Mississippi State who just can't, seem to get out of its own way some days. It feels like everything is going wrong in a lot of different ways. How do you shake things up as a manager here? Well, I mean, you know, pro ball is different in the sense of you, you kind of know going into it, you're not very good. You know, you know that, um, you know, you're in a tough division or, you know, you, you're, you're, you're going to have to, something's got to go right for you to have a chance to really make a run. Um, so it, that's a little different because I feel like this they, you know, they should be good, you know, and they feel like they had a good shot to to, to go and, and, and try to, you know, have, make a run this year like they should every year. Um, you know, really, the it's a tough situation uh, because you get to a point where you really only have so many options. And when the guy that you're running out there is not getting it done, you know, this, this isn't pro ball. You can't go make a trade for somebody. So you just have to figure out what I guess is the best option and try to get those guys as good as you can. I mean, you just got to kind of coach them up and, and, and make the right adjustments and, and not be afraid to make some changes. Um, I think that's the, you know, the big thing is, is try some different guys and, and um, you know, but there's really only honestly so much you can do. Jay, not asking you to comment on Mississippi state in particular, but it seems like with all the changes that have taken place, in baseball over the past 20 years that we have seen coaches fall in love with the radar gun, um, that we, we kind of get into analytics and spin rate. Are we overdoing it? You know, I look at Japan here in the World Baseball Classic. It looks like some guys that played baseball like we used to about 25 years ago just kind of respected the game and played hard and just had something to them that wasn't out of a, a, a warehouse. Are Yep. Are we you're, getting too far away from exactly that? Right. Uh, we're way far away from it. And look, I'm, I'm, I like analytics. Um, I love the, the, you know, the science behind it. Uh, they're putting numbers on things that we used to see with our eyes, and I think that's great. Um, but you can't coach by analytics. You can't manage a team manage analytics solely. You cannot do that um, because you, you take out the human error. You take out the just the whole human equation. Um, and you know, when I look at what's kind of going on right now, just with our pitchers, I mean, 
a lot of our issues are, are, are fastball related. I mean, we've kind of lost command of our fastballs. And, you know, and when I say command, I don't mean throw it down the middle. I mean, you got to be able to locate that fastball. You got to be hit the outside corner eight out of 10 times. And, you know, stuff like that has gotten pushed to the side because we view, well, this guy's got a, a wipeout slider. So, you know, we'll just throw it all the time. You know, we, you can't do that. You got to learn to pitch. You got to pitch. And, so much of that, the analytics has taken out of the game, <clears throat> and it's, it's not good. It's, it's really not. I mean, that at some point, you feel like it's got to swing back toward the mid mid range, um, and I just I don't know, man. It's it's not good though. You're right. I think Jeff, Japan showed that. Jay, when you look at this Mississippi State team, <clears throat> how much do you think right now is mental? You look back at last year, you had the big fall off, you finished last in the league, and now this year you come back out, you have some new pieces, and you've had some tough games and tough outings. How much is it from a fielding standpoint, a hitting standpoint, and a pitching standpoint do you think right now is mental instead of physical? A, a lot. There's a, no question a lot of it is mental, no question. I mean, you know, as Coach Polk always said, hitting's contagious, but so is losing. You know, you get in these ruts and you just feel like you can't do anything right. And even when you're having a good game, you wait for that shoe to fall. You know, you wait for somebody to make that error. You might wait for two walks in a row. So it, it gets it gets in a rut, and it's hard to get out of that rut sometimes. Um, and I, I think there's there's obviously some of that going on. Whenever I've been in that situation, two things I try to do. One, you know, you, you, you get it starts on the mound. It always starts on the mound. So, you know, that part of it, you know, you got to pitch it better, obviously. You got to pitch it better, and we don't have those guys that like Landon and Bednar that's going to strike out. Each ball, we're going to throw up huge strikeout numbers. So what does that mean? More balls to put in play. Well, then more pressure is put on your defense. So it's kind of a catch twenty-two. You don't strike a bunch of guys out necessarily. More balls to put in play, so it kind of magnifies poor defense. And on top of that, you got a high walk number. So right now, those three things are, are killing them. Um, and that's what that, you know, for them to be successful, it's got to start on the mound. I don't care how good you swing it. I don't care how many runs you score. If you can keep the other group from scoring, you got a good chance to win. Um, and that's the part that, that to me, has got to be figured out. Jay, when you start talking about the numbers and trying to figure it out on the mound and then the mental aspect as well, Charlie and I were talking about it going into the Sunday game. 42% of the time leading off innings, teams are getting the leadoff man on, whether it be a walk, yep. a hit, hit batsman. And so that, that's, to me, an extremely high number. What do you attribute that to? What do you attribute the, the leadoff guy coming in, getting the walk? Because those are the guys that end up scoring. A, a leadoff right. walk is completely different than a two-out walk. Why do you think you're having the struggles with that first batter of each inning? Well, I think a lot of it is, you know, we're, we're kind of falling in, and it goes back to analytics a little bit. You know, you, you fall in that rut of, you know, as a pitcher, you either got to be the hunter or you the hunted. Right now, we're the hunted. You know, we're not aggressive. We're not going, kind of going after guys. We're pitching timid. We're trying to, instead of trying to pitch the contact, we're trying to miss barrels. And when you try to miss barrels, you try to be too fine. When you're too fine, you nitpick, you nitpick, and you're going to be behind the count. Well, guess what happens then? Screw one and they hit it out. So I think it's, it's a mindset. 
you know, I think that, that you've got to, we've got to get back in the mindset of, hey, we're going to be aggressive. We're coming after these guys. We're recruiting great arms, so let's use them. You know, let's go after and, and get it. And I think that's something that will really help. Is change, you just got to change that mindset. I mean, you've got to, as a pitcher, you want to be the guy that dictates the tone. You want to be the guy that dictates the pace of the game. You want to be the guy that's aggressive and going after hitters. Right now, we're having a hard time getting in that mindset. Stolen bases, controlling the running game. We've had trouble doing that. And in the SEC right now, you see a lot of teams more willing to run than they have been in prior years. How much, when when you look at a game and you, and you watch a game, how do you know where to attribute a stolen base to the pitcher or to the catcher? Well, I, I, one, you got to look at the time to play. You know, I always wanted, you know, I was blessed, man. I had Charles Johnson. I went to Houston at Brad Osmus. I went to Texas and had Pudge. So I had three really good stores. And by the time we got to Pudge, I was literally like one five. Nobody ever ran. Um, so it's, a, it's a, you know, you've got to get a pitcher. It's always one of my guys, one two, one two five or less. Um, and and forget about slide step, forget about high leg kicks, all that. You know, I, we always use just a hybrid leg kick. You can get to one two or less. So that's your first step. Second thing, you got to change your deliveries as far as varying your times and all that. And then you look at your catcher. You know, if your pitcher's doing what he needs to do, is it on the catcher? So it, it, it goes both ways. Your catcher has to have a shot so these guys out. And if our pitchers aren't doing it, then, you know, they got to do a better job holding guys. Well, if the pitcher's doing their job, catcher's got to do a better job throwing. So, you know, that's a, that's a two-way street. you got to work together with the catcher and your pitcher to hold both these guys. Jay, hey, man, we appreciate you. Let me ask you this question. Absolutely. That yep. p- that pitch that you threw down in Tallahassee, the final pitch was it the ninety two season or was it the ninety three yeah. season? Whenever it was, yep. was it right down the middle? It was right down the middle. Um, and nowadays, honestly, probably called a ball again. Um, but yeah, it was right down the middle. And, and you know that's that's something we didn't talk about really. But you know the umpires changed. I mean, the strike zone is totally different than it was five years ago. Um, and these pitchers are having to make that adjustment. And it used to be. You know, you as a pitcher, you used to be an inside corner, maybe a ball on the plate to two balls off the plate outside corner, knee high to a little bit mid-thigh. Well, now you've got to be black to black or maybe on the white and knee high to the top of the thigh. Well, that's not where you want to throw as a pitcher for the most part. Um, so that's, 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 I'm hearing that from a lot of college coaches too. That part has changed, and that makes pitching even that much tougher. So I didn't know what on that, but you said that about that pitch. I started thinking, you know, that's one thing I'm hearing from so many college guys is the strike zone difference. Jay, I've argued that that's one of the reasons it's tougher right now to evaluate junior college pitchers because a lot used to think that you could take a high-level junior college pitcher, bring him in, plug him in, and play. But they're still pitching – junior college ball I've watched, they're still pitching with a pretty generous strike zone. It yep. just seems like to me in terms of recruiting – it's going to make evaluation even that much more tougher if the high school zone doesn't change accordingly and the junior college zone doesn't change. And, and you know what you end up with? A boring game. I mean, folks say, well, we want to see offense. No, they want to see action. Fans want to see action. And, and, and they don't want to see ball two, ball three, ball four. So, you know, in a keyhole for a strike zone. But you're right. I mean, the strike zone changed in college baseball because they're getting evaluated by computers. Means they're you know they're going to try to make it on the plate. If they're going to miss, 
a call, it ain't gonna be off the plate. But you're right. I mean, when you get huge college guys that throw big numbers, and all of a sudden they get to the SEC and they're not getting that pitch, and next thing you know, you know, they're not effective. Uh, it's it's tough, man. Look, those guys up there right now, I love them to death. They have a very hard job. I mean, with the way college sports is trending, especially baseball and NIL and portal stuff. I mean, you know, and that's what I, you know, look at this team. I'm like, we got some really good freshmen on, some really good freshmen hitters. I mean, future, hey, we're we gonna be okay. These guys develop, but then you start thinking, we got to hold on to them. You know, everybody's a free agent now, so you got to hold on to them now. You got to keep them there. Um, it's tough to be a college coach, man. Those, those guys are, it, it's constant, and uh, I mean, that's you're right. I mean, it's gonna get even that much tougher. Yep, no doubt. Hey, Jay, appreciate you, man. Look forward to seeing you. Yeah, man. See you all this weekend. NSJ Powell, former Bulldog pitcher, now on the radio with Jim every now and then. Of course, he's an assistant coach down at Jackson Prep, and so a little bit tougher to get up this way now and broadcast games. But Jay is always great to talk with. Charlie, he brought up some good points there. First thing is um, you start talking about the mentality and just the mental game and the, how the wear and tear but I think we've talked about this ad nauseum, and we'll talk about it again. I think the strike zone has made a big factor in how a lot of teams pitch. It is, but you still go back and you look at how do you pitch relative to your competition, and right now we're struggling with it worse than others. We are. All right, and that conversation brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing is a Mississippi-made product right here in the state of Mississippi down in Florence on Highway 49 at Country Meat Packers. They have a great butcher shop down there. If you're ever in the area of the Jackson area, the metro area, make that your place where you get all the things that you need for your grill for your Saturday. If you're coming up for the ball games and have a place in the outfield, they've got that great country-pleasing sausage, so many different varieties. And so now they're catering as well. So go to countrypleasing.com for more information about our friends at Country Please. Charlie and I will come back. We'll have a final word. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. Welcome back. Final segment of Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bar Craig, along with Charlie Winfield. Well, good conversation with Jay. And uh, now, Charlie, we get ready for this weekend. The Vanderbilt Commodores coming in here Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You've got some big games around the SEC this weekend, but, Charlie, we got to worry about ourselves. Big one this weekend, Vanderbilt coming in. Rematch of the National Championship Series from two years ago. Yeah, but, man, it it feels like a while since we were at that level, doesn't it? But if we were to take three, think about how low we were back in 21 when Arkansas came in here and swept us, and we were thinking, oh, boy, we're pretenders, we're not real. We got it back together. Of course, we didn't feel good after we went to Hoover or after Missouri took two out of three. I think, though, we're, we've got such a big homestand now. You got six SEC home games in a row. And I, I don't want to get into drawing lines and saying you got to take five, four, what have you. But I do want to say this. It's a time where we need to step up and play better. We need some of our guys just – I mean, candidly, you can – you can analyze it a hundred different ways, but isn't it just fairly simple? We got to execute the easy stuff. I mean, 
if this were basketball, wouldn't we say we got to make some layups? Yeah, you've got to – if you get opportunities in the field, and Jay talked about that a minute ago, about these guys in the field are getting more opportunities now than they had, you know, two years ago because of the high strikeout number a couple of years ago. Well, this is a big weekend. Just the mistakes in the field, everything kind of coming together. And, uh, hey, there's there's opportunities in front of you. It's not ready to write the season off yet at all. Charlie, football-wise, are you hearing anything from spring practice here over the first couple of weeks? Not much, and, and mostly because I always, just as a matter of principle, tune out fall baseball and spring football. And the reason that I do is that somebody is always going to be hyped up at a level that, man, hey, you just wait. This guy, you know, <laughs> the star of the spring game, you could always just count on. Somebody's going to go have 12 catches for 100 yards and they won't be on the roster in the fall. So I just I write it all off. The one thing that I will say is that every football player I've run into has an, an extra kind of little bounce right now. I, I think they're really starting to take to Zach Arnett, as you knew they would. He's making the program his own, as you knew he had to. And there seems to be a lot of excitement over there. It really does. And a little bit of a change. I think he's been getting after the offensive guys a little bit too. You know, the defensive guys have been used to it because Zach really gets after it. I think he's been really getting after the offensive guys, too. There are a lot of similarities between Zach Arnett and Chris Jans in my mind in terms of the way they coach. They are not what you would say are – I think you referred to Ron Polk earlier as a player's coach. These guys have respect to players. The players like them, but they're not – they don't just roll the ball out there and say, you guys figure it out. It's kind of an old-school approach. It really is. I mean, I think back to, you know, when you played – when we played sports and we had some tough coaches, and you really respect them, I really respect them more now than I did at that time. But they are players' coaches, but you have to earn their respect. They they know when to push, and they know when to put your arm around them and say, hey, that's a great job. Well, ultimately, at the end of the day, they know how to get everything out of somebody, and a player knows when they are giving everything they have. And you start to run into players who tell you, I didn't know I had that much in me. That's when you know that coaching is being effective. And I think you see that with, with both those guys. There's, they are tough, but they are respected. And that comes with knowing what you're doing. And Zach Arnett, I'm telling you, man, he's, he's just like Chris Jans is different in a good way. Arnett is very different in um, a good way. It makes individual guys create that inner drive. It's almost like that first time I went to Hot Works. About seven minutes in, I was like, man, I, don't, I, don't, I can't do this. But now it's it's nothing to it. Doing that 15 minutes is nothing to it. Mm-hmm. I just had to get past it from a mental standpoint. I see. Yeah. And speaking of hot works, which is right here in downtown Startwell, what's going on? Go to startwell.org, Greater Startwell Development Partnership. What you got for us? What's going on in the community in the next couple of weeks? Well, a lot's going on. This weekend is the uh, Charles H. Templeton Ragtime and Jazz Festival which is always heavily attended on campus. You can visit the library's website to find out more information on that. How many kids do you know that wanted to be a vet, got an open house at the vet school this weekend? But you know what we're getting closer to is we're getting closer to having the Saturday morning community market. And I remember when they started the community market, it was literally just you know some people out there that had some fresh vegetables, but it's kind of morphed. Now you've got 
a lot of different things that you can go and look and find. Oh, you'll have people playing music, breads, yeah, you name it, vegetables. And, of course, we also have our Startable Strides competition going on. You're getting your steps in. You don't strike me as a Fitbit guy, Bart. I'm not a Fitbit guy. I'm a feel guy. I'm not an analytics guy. Okay. I, I'm, an, <laughs> I'm one of those guys that just tells you kind of how, how by feel I am from an exercise standpoint. Well, I like that. I, I, can, I can identify with that. So, no, a lot going on here in Starkville. And, by the way, this weekend, a lot of the stores downtown having a spring open house. So, if you're in town for the ball games, be sure to check that out as well. Yep. Well, we appreciate you listening to us today here on the Midweek Show. Once again, thanks to our good friend Jay Powell. He'll be on the on the air this weekend with Jim Ellis as Mississippi State takes on the Vanderbilt Commodores. Once again, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. We'll have our Tracks Plus Deep Dig on Friday. That's tomorrow. And so, once again, thanks to our good friends at WFCA 107.9 in French Camp. Playing the midweek show for us on Thursday nights. And so for Tracks Plus, you've got Country Pleasing Sausage, Heartland Catfish, and, of course, you can get that great Heartland Catfish at Country and Western Steakhouse in Camden, Tennessee. And so for Startwell.org, Mississippi's College Town, and Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregg. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.